comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the founder and general overseer of Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to preach and teach the word of faith for people to know God better, live life better, and impact their world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Praise God. Kingdom addict. Kingdom addict. Wow. It's great to be here because this is the beginning of a new month. And I'm sure that last week you heard the announcement from our president when he made us aware that it's a new season now. So church doors are open. And out of that, God also gave me a prophetic word for you in this new month. And I want to share that word with you before I get into the teaching for the day. Revelation chapter 4 verse 1. I'm sure you are aware that this is a prophetic service. That prophetic service gives us an opportunity to hear from God and also to speak into the month. After these things, I looked and behold a door standing open in heaven. And the voice, the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me saying, come up here and I will show you things which must take place after this. Now, I want you to know that in this new month, a door is open. Just as the president of our nation has opened the door for us to return to the house of God and share fellowship, supernaturally, heavenly doors are also open for you. I don't know which door you need. Some of us is a door of a job, a door of a marriage, a door of favor. Prophetically, that saith the Lord, a new door is open unto you. After all these things, after what things? After these COVID things, after these lockdown things, God is opening a new door for you. A new door is symbolic of a new chapter. It's a new phase. It's a new season. And I want you to release your faith for it. Type into the comment box and say, I access my open doors. I have new doors. Type whatever your faith can access. Just go ahead and type it in. And I know that by the time this, this we meet together in fellowship in the auditorium, you would have a testimony to share to this prophetic word in the name of Jesus. Let's bow down our heads and pray. Father, we thank you this morning. We give you praise. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appeared before you. We have come before you. You have the words of eternal life. Speak into our lives. Shape our lives. Cause us to become the people you have determined for us to be. Thank you that this teaching series, which you inspired me to start, will be a great blessing to everybody. Tune in to this broadcast now and whoever may watch it at whatever time. Thank you, Spirit of God, that your grace rests upon your words. I have grace to teach you this morning and your people have grace to receive. Thank you for it. In Jesus' much less name. Amen. All right, come with me to the book of 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1 to 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1 to 2. The Bible says, Therefore, laying aside all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all evil speaking, as newborn babes, 
desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. As newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Go with me to 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 18. The last letter of Peter and then the, the last verse. He says, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen and amen. Now, Peter wrote two letters. In his first letter, after the first chapter, which was essentially a, a, a chapter of greetings, beginning from the second chapter of First Peter, the first thing Apostle Paul emphasizes, Apostle Peter talks about, is for us to desire. He said, as newborn babes, First Peter two two, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Then you jump all the way to the last book, the last letter of Peter, the last chapter, and the last verse. And the same thing is repeated. He said, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of God. You know, Apostle Peter was one man who grew in his walk with God. Jesus met him as a fisherman. And then he had many, many, many things. He had many, many challenges growing up. But at the end of the day, he was able to grow in his work with God and became a mighty apostle. One of the most outstanding apostles in the New Testament was Peter. He was the one whom Jesus directly handed over the leadership of the church to upon his departure. Peter had to grow. And in this season, in this particular teaching series, we are going to be focusing on growing in grace. That is the title for the entire series, Growing in Grace growing in grace. I want you to appreciate that the most important thing to pursue after salvation is spiritual growth. That is the most important thing. The most important thing to pursue after salvation is spiritual growth. That's what Peter tells us. First Peter 2, 2. As newborn babes desire. He didn't say as newborn babes desire to get a wife. As newborn babies desire a visa to travel. As newborn babes desire to get a degree. He said as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of a word that you may grow thereby. That means spiritual growth. The pursuit of spiritual maturity is the most important thing anyone can pursue. I believe that that must be your greatest pursuit as a child of God. We live in times where Christians get born again and they pursue all kinds of things. Their affection, their hunger goes after many wrong things. But I tell you, in this season, it's one prayer, one desire I have for you. That you hunger and desire to grow more. Why? Because spiritual growth is what gives meaning. To the new birth. It, what gives meaning to the new birth or salvation experience is spiritual growth. And as we go through this series, you come to appreciate it. I said here, the practical realities of the new birth can never be fully experienced without spiritual growth. The practical realities, and take note, the word practical is very significant. The practical realities of the new birth can never be experienced without spiritual growth. That's why it's important. In the book of First, First Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, you remember what the Bible says? He says, for if any man be in Christ, take note, if any man be in Christ, the word be in Christ, we'll come back to it because it will be useful in our teaching today and all through this teaching. If any man be in Christ, are you in Christ? 
The Bible said, if any man be in Christ, that is, if any man accepts Christ as his Lord and Savior, if any man submits to the Lordship of Jesus and becomes a child of God, that person is a new creature. A new creature. He is born again. He's a new creature. His kind has never existed before. The original Greek says, a new species. That is who you become. So, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away. Take note, all things have passed away. Then he says, behold, all things have become new. Behold, all things have become new. At new birth, everything becomes new positionally. Through spiritual growth, everything becomes new practically. At new birth, when you get born again, the moment you confess Jesus, say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I confess you become my Lord and my Savior. The moment you do that, the second you do that, the Bible says supernaturally you are a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. But this is what happens. When you confess Christ as your Lord and Savior, positionally, you come into Christ. That's why I said, if any man be in Christ. So you enter Christ at the point of salvation. And when you enter Christ positionally, because you have entered Christ, you are in a new position, all things have passed away. All things have become new. Now listen, positionally, when at new birth, you're positionally, everything is new. Everything is new. But practically, for everything to become new in your life practically, it takes spiritual growth. It takes spiritual growth. It takes spiritual growth. This makes spiritual growth fundamental. Spiritual growth is a fundamental need of the new creation. That means, if practically for us, that's why I said earlier that for you to enjoy the practical realities of the new birth, you need to grow spiritually. If spiritual growth is that necessary for the new birth, for us to enjoy the realities of the new birth, then we can say that spiritual growth is a fundamental need of the new creation. The new man in Christ, what he needs most is spiritual growth. And I'm speaking to you now. You, what you need most. I know some of you, you think what you need is a husband. You think what you need is a visa. You think what you need is a, a car. You think what you need is a house. You think what you need is a land. All of those things are great. And I don't want to despise any of that. But I want you to know that there are things that are more important. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things shall be added unto you. So that is the most important. If you are a Christian and you don't get your priorities right, you, you'll be struggling with your Christian work. And a lot of people are struggling with their Christian work because they are going after the wrong thing. I pray that in this teaching, God will bring your attention and your affection on the right things. Spiritual growth is fundamental, is a fundamental need of the new creation. Look at what the Bible says in Galatians chapter 3, verse 26 with me. He says, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. How did you become a child of God? Through faith in Christ Jesus. By faith we are saved. By grace we are saved through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ are put on Christ. Verse 28. He said, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, take note, if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. 
You are Christ, you are Abraham's seed, you are heirs according to the promise. Let's go to chapter 4 verse 1. He tells us, he said, now you are an heir. Now as an heir, he said, but I say unto you, the heir, as long as he is a child, different nothing from a servant. So you see, when you get born again, you are an heir of Christ. You are the seed of Abraham, an heir of Christ, and joint heir with Christ. So by that position, you are, you are supposed to be different. But the Bible said, as long as you are born again and you remain a child, you are not different from a slave. Though you are a master, you will be operating as a slave. After this teaching series, as God shows you to you, as the word of God reveals you to you, I see you taking your place. I see you take your master place in life. I see you take your, your position, your right place of dominion, your right place of authority over sickness, over disease, over poverty, over every satanic element and oppression in your life in the name of Jesus. You can go ahead and type amen if you believe that. So, he says, as long as you are a child, that's why I said that spiritual growth is the greatest need of the new man. The new man needs to grow. The new man is born a success. The new man is born to conquer sickness and disease. The new man is born to rule. The new man is more than a conqueror. Look at what the Bible says. He says, for whatsoever is born of God overcomes the word. And this is the victory that overcomes the word, even our faith. Whatsoever is born of God. So you are not a victim. You are born to overcome, including COVID-19. You are born to overcome everything that is seeking to overcome. You overcome poverty, overcome sickness, overcome failure. You are born. Can you go ahead and type, I'm born to overcome. I am an overcomer. You are, that's who you are. Don't settle down for something that you are not. Don't settle down for something less. You are taking your finest place in life. No more shall you be cheated by the devil. In the mighty name of Jesus. That is why God is bringing you this message specifically at this time. In this specific teaching, our focus is, where do you belong? That is the title of my message. Where do you belong? Where do you belong? Because, you see, until we identify where we belong, spiritual growth cannot take place. The first step to uh, growing spiritually is, first of all, we must identify the group we belong. Where do you belong? Where do you belong? On the scale of spiritual matters, where do you belong? And that's basically what we are seeking to do. Come with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12 to 16, and then read from chapter 3, verse 1 to 3. Now we have received not the spirit of the word, but the spirit which who is from God, that we might know the things that have been given freely to us by God. Verse 13. He said, these things also we speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Verse 14. He said, but the natural man receives, does not receive the things of the Spirit, for they are foolishness to him. For neither nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Take note. Give me about 14. There's a man he's talking about there. He said, but the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit. Take note. We'll come back to use that. The natural man does not receive the things of the spirit. So we are looking at where do you belong? Let's go to verse 15. He says, but he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. So he talks about one. He said, the natural man receives not the things of the spirit. And then in another breath, he says, he who is spiritual. 
So he introduces certain personalities there, and I want you to take note. He says, For who has known the mind of God that we may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 to 3. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as unto spiritual people. I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual people. So please take note. I want you to follow me because this is the foundation. You must get this foundation right or you'll not be able to follow the teaching we are going to be doing very well. He starts by saying that the natural man does not receive. Then he goes on to say that the he that is spiritual judges all things. Here he's telling us, when I came to you, I could not speak to you as spiritual people. So there are people who, are, who can be described as spiritual people. There are people who can be described as natural people. Now let's continue. But as to Cana and as to babes in Christ. As to Cana and to babes in Christ. I have fed you, verse 2, I have fed you with milk, I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able, verse 3. He said, for you are still Cana, for there are envy, strife, divisions among you. Are you not Cana and behaving like mere men? After this teaching, you will not behave like a mere man. After this teaching, carnality will leave you. After this teaching, the real you will function in the mighty name of Jesus. Get ready to be changed. Get ready to be transformed. Get ready to be upgraded spiritually because that's what the, the, this teaching is designed to be. It's going to shape your life. You are going to become the finest Christian that has ever existed. You'll be a surprise to yourself. You'll be a surprise to your colleague. If you are married, you'll be a surprise to your husband. Anybody who knew you before, if you let your faith come alive, if you be open up your heart to receive what God is bringing in this season, you are going to become the finest and the most victorious, the most happy Christian that ever existed. If you believe it, type an amen. So, where do you belong? There are four groups of people that the scriptures identify from where we read. The first one is the natural man group. There is a natural man. He said, but the natural man receiving other things of the spirit. So, that there's a natural man. That is the first group. Then, he talks about the baby Christian group. He also talked about the baby Christian group. You remember, he says in 1 Corinthians 3, I could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but unto God, even as unto babes in Christ. He said, I spoke unto you, you were like babes in Christ. So, we have the natural man, we have babes in Christ, which is another group. Then we talked about the carnal man group. So, there's a natural man group, there is a babies in Christ group, and then there's a carnal man group. The final group is the spiritual man quickly racing through your mind to find where you belong. That's why I'm asking you, where do you belong? Are you in the natural man group? Are you in the spiritual man group? Are you in the baby Christian group? Oh, you are in the carnal Christian group? Where do you belong? It's important we answer this question honestly because until we have, we have an honest answer for this question, we'll not be able to advance in our spiritual journey. It's important critical that we get this foundation right because if the foundation be destroyed, the righteous can do nothing. So, we will be exploring. Even if you don't belong to any, I know that naturally, it's uh, and knowing uh, how great you are as a member of Faith House. You, by all means, you have been taught faith so much that every time you hear a positive thing, you want to claim it. So quickly, you want to claim the spiritual group. And I thank you for choosing the spiritual group. 
But we, we are going to be taking our time to explore one after the other. The natural man, we need to know the natural man. We need to know the baby Christian. We need to know the carnal man. And then we know the spiritual man. Even before we get ahead to, into the details, I want you to appreciate, ultimately God wants you to be the spiritual man. But he also does not want you to be ignorant about any of the other persons. And you will come to understand why it's so important that you get to know each of them. So this teaching, we are looking at understanding the natural man. We, we, we need to understand the natural man. We are starting with the first group, which is the natural man. And it's important we understand the natural man for a number of reasons. One, we need to understand him because the natural man gives us a reminder. He perpetually reminds us. The natural man perpetually reminds us of who we used to be. There are people who sometimes get born again and all of a sudden they forget the kind of people they were. I have never forgotten the kind of person I used to be. No, I used to be a drug addict. I used to be a womanizer. I used to be a wild guy. I mean, my teacher secondary school feared me. They dreaded me. Secondary school, I had a few friends. I was a wild guy. They used to call me Christ, Christy the Terror. Even before the word terrorism was introduced in the early 2000s. That was my name, Satan's assistant. That's why those who went to secondary school with me, if you meet any of them, they will tell you. That was who, I, they called me Fire Jumper. Christy the Terror, Fire Jumper, Satan's assistant. Those were my names. Those were my names. It's like Apostle Paul. He said, uh, I used to be an injurious person, a persecutor, a blasphemer. That was my lot. Who did you used to be? You must not forget it. Because the reason why you have no compassion towards others who are going wayward, when you see a smoker, you are judging him, you are condemning him, is because you've forgotten who you used to be. You see a sister who is a, a, a prostitute and you despise her because you've forgotten who you used to be. All of us used to be like that. That is the, nat the natural man is a state where all of us used to be. Let's look at what the Bible says. The Bible gives us a little understanding. It says, uh, it, it's not a little understanding, extensive understanding about the natural man. Uh, the references given, I want you to take your time to read them. Because of time, I will not be able to read one after the other. But take time, read them. Because this is a foundational teaching you need in order to advance spiritually. God does not want you to be a baby. I, as your pastor and father, I don't want you to be a baby. And you, as a Christian who loves your life and loves your future, must not want to be a baby. When we come to consider babies, you know why you must not desire and waste time at the babyhood stage. So, we, it reminds us of who we used to be. Who we used to be. That's the first thing. It used to be, look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. He said, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, once you were dead, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen realm. He's the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. So you see, Bible says you. Now you are in the choir. Now you are a preacher. Now you sing. Now you, you are the most anointed and you you. You throw your weight, your spiritual weight about. You don't care about the loss. You don't, you are not sensitive to weak Christians. The Bible says you, you used to be a drunkard. You used to be a smoker. But now you were dead. But now something happened. What happened? We'll come to see it. So the natural man reminds us of who we used to be. Number two, an understanding of the natural man helps us to relate with them in the best possible way. 
You see, when you become a new Christian, there are people you relate with. There are certain groups of people you relate with as a new Christian. Our relationships as a new creation in Christ is different from the relationships in the world. And there are many groups of people you relate with as new creation. You are born again, but in your office you have a lot of relationships. Your boss may not be born again. Your colleague may not be born again. So there are people you relate with. We need to understand the natural man so that we can relate. Now you may not be a natural man. When you get born again, you cease to be a natural man. But even though you are not a natural man, you have a relationship with the natural man. And for you to be able to relate with him better, you need to understand the natural man. Some Christians, when you say, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Don't associate with unbelievers. Don't make an unbeliever your close friend. They don't understand. It's because they don't have an understanding of who the natural man is. That's why. The reason why you struggle and you are, you are not letting go of your silly friends who are not born again, drunkard friends who you are hanging out with. I'm not talking about calling them on phone or checking up on them. I'm talking about they becoming your confidant. The reason why you cannot cease is because you don't understand the natural man. And I pray that in this teaching, God will help you to understand the natural man. So when you understand the natural man, you are better able to relate. Look at what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9 to 11, the New Living Translation. When I wrote to you before, I told you not to associate with people who indulge in sexual sins. New Living Translation, please. But I wasn't talking about unbelievers. I wasn't talking about unbelievers who indulge in sexual sin or greedy or cheat people or worship idols, you would have to leave this world to avoid people like that. So, you are born again, but there are some people you have to relate with them. Unbelievers, cheats, fornicators, adulterers, you have to relate with them. Some of them, you can go rent a house and by the time you go, one of them is there. He lives with you and men come and sleep there and go. You have to relate with them. You can't say, ah, this sister, they were sending home. This sister is poor, power, so I will not uh, I will not talk to her. No, that's wrong. You have to relate with her. Bible says, as long as we remain in this world, we'll have to relate with people like that. But Paul said, when I wrote to you, I wrote not to tell you not to keep company, not with such people, but with believers who are into such relationships. So our relationship with them. Number three is we need to understand the natural man so we can fulfill our ministry of reconciliation towards them. So I've talked about three uh, uh, R's. Three of them. First one is a reminder. Second one is relationship. And the third one is reconciliation. You and I have a ministry of reconciliation. I like the way the Bible puts it in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 to 20. The New King James Version says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new Christian. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And the first thing he talks about after that, he says, Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Christ Jesus and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. So you see, the first ministry you receive as a Christian. There are some believers who stay in the church and they think, ah, Pastor, what do I do? I don't know my ministry. I want to know my ministry. Listen, your first ministry. Some people see music ministry as their ministry. Oh, the prayer is your ministry. Now, though, we will talk about some of those things. But you see, the Bible has, has the Bible, in the Bible, there are things that are described as ministries. I will be walking you through them. One of those things is reconciliation. So winning is every believer's ministry. 
Not every Christian will be a singer, uh, uh, or sing, or something. But every Christian is ordained to be a soul winner. All things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself, and has given unto us the ministry of reconciliation. So, you have it. He said, he has given unto us. The fact that you are not exercising it does not mean it's not there. God has given you the ministry of reconciliation. You have to reconcile those in your offices who are not born again to Christ. Your business contacts who are not born again, reconcile them to Christ. And for you to be able to do that well, you need to understand the natural man. Anyway, who are you going to even reconcile to God? The natural man. The natural man is the one you are going to reconcile. How can you reconcile him when you don't understand him? When you don't understand, do you know why when you preach the gospel to somebody who may be intellectually sound, but spiritually empty, they insult you? And some of them even wonder why a graduate like you should speak in tongues. Why a graduate like you should be tithing. Why a graduate like you should be giving so much devotion and dedication to God. I mean, some of your unbelieving friends, sometimes they mock at you and you don't understand why. I want you to understand them. That is their nature. If they were to behave, they were behaving differently, that would have been a shock. But this is how they ought to behave. Why? Because that's how they've been wired. That's exactly how they have been wired. The natural man. This is the natural man. So the natural man, we need understanding of the natural man for three reasons. One is because it reminds you of who you used to be. Who you used to be. Every time you see a smoker, that is who you used to be. I know that some of us practically, maybe morally, were bring, brought up in certain environments. We didn't get uh, the, 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 the negative opportunity of sinning like that. But you see, uh, it's, you don't need to go that way. Because you were born of Adam, that nature is in you. you. Because maybe your parents were a bit careful with you, you, you were not exposed to such things. But I'm telling you, that nature is in you and you could given the same circumstances that other people are victims are given you will do the same things and even worse so the natural man reminds you of who you used to be the first number two the natural man helps you to relate with them and understanding of the natural man helps you to relate with him better that is why we are not to be unequally yoked with unbelievers they don't believe what we believe they can't understand why we go to church. They can't understand why we give. They can't understand why we speak in tongues. So we cannot closely associate with them. That's what the Bible said. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Light and darkness cannot move together. The kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness cannot share fellowship. And then of course, number three, you need to understand the natural man so you can fulfill your ministry of reconciliation to them. When we understand that the natural man operates in the intellectual realm. When they are talking intelligence, you will not be convinced. There are some Christians that are easily convinced by intellectual arguments. You meet them and somebody is presenting intellectual arguments. Okay, the giving you do, the offering, the tithe you give, what do the pastors do, what do they, all kinds of foolish arguments and they fall for it. Christians who have stopped uh, giving to God, serving God and honoring God because of certain intellectual arguments they have received. Listen, we don't relate to God on the basis of intelligence. We relate to God on the basis of scriptural knowledge and insight. And they call it a revelation. It takes a revelation. The difference between the saved and the unsaved is revelation. The reason why Paul, Paul was speaking in 1 Corinthians and he says, The preaching of the cross is foolishness to them that perish. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. 
the power of God, the preaching of the cross is foolishness to them that perish. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. So anybody who is not saved, when you preach the gospel, when you talk about revelation, when you talk about speaking in tongues, going to church, giving, is foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Do you know why it's foolishness unto them? This is what the Bible says. Because their minds have been blinded. Satan has blinded their eyes. Second Corinthians chapter uh, 4 verse 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 3 and 4. The New King James Version. He said, if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled. Look at that. If our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. They don't understand. It's covered. When something is covered, there's no way you see what is under. And for you to see what is under, you need revelation. And that's what the Holy Spirit gives us. He says, it is veiled. Everything you are saying. That's why you cannot reach an unbeliever arguing with him intellectually. You better pray and destroy his brain cells. His negative argumentative brain cells by the power of the Holy Ghost. So that when you begin to engage him from the word of God, he is not in a hurry to argue with you. His spirit is subdued and arrested by the power of the Holy Ghost. That's the way. That's why we can't go to for, for outreach without praying. That's why. They, he said, this brother, I've invited him to church. He's not coming. There is a spirit that is dealing with him. And until you break the stronghold of that spirit, he will not follow you to church. You need to understand. The Bible says, if the gospel is veiled, is veiled to them who are perishing, in whom the, whose minds the God of this age had blinded. Satan has blinded some people's mind. Those who do not believe. That's why they don't believe. They don't believe in speaking in tongues. They don't believe in going to church. They don't believe in fellowship. They don't believe in anything. They don't believe in anything. Because their minds have been blinded. And if you are watching me. And your mind is blinded. Full of arguments. Who did Cain marry? Where did Abel get his wife from? These are questions that blinded minds ask. Your minds are blinded. Your mind is blind. That's why you're asking those questions. After all, God is in heaven. Why do we, when we give, how does the money get to God? Your mind is blinded. Your mind is blinded. That's why. That's why. So all this church, every day you go to church, you sing, you clap your hands and listen. What do you get from it? You are asking questions that prove who you are. Your mind is blinded. That's why you, as it, you, when you understand a man like this, when he speaks, you are not, there are some Christians, they meet unbelievers and the unbelievers speak and they become discouraged. That it will not happen to you after this series in the name of Jesus. So this teaching series, I don't want you to miss any of them. We have just started. I, I, even the introduction, I, I'm not done yet. And you can be sure that God is up to something. And I have no doubt that by the time we are through, you will not only know who you are, but you understand each of the categories. You will know who you are. You will know who a carnal man is, who a natural man is, who is a spiritual man, and how to relate with all of such people. You are welcome to the, the greatest adventure of your life. You are welcome to a sweetest journey in the word of God. You are welcome to the finest phase of your spiritual life. I tell you, Christian life is sweet. The Christian life is the sweetest life. I have been a, chief, a bad sinner before, a worse sinner before. I've done all kinds of foolish things in my youth without Christ. But ever since I got born again, I have never had any nostalgic feeling for the world. Never once. 
And I say it before God without any element of deceit. I have never once, I've never desired, I've never seen any unbeliever and because of something he has ever been jealous or envious of him. I have told you too many times, if you're a member of the church or if you've been listening to me frequently, I have never found an unbeliever worthy of my envy. No. Because the state an unbeliever is in is not worthy of my envy. And next week, you will get into that and I trust that your life will certainly not be the same. God richly bless you for being part of service today. Bow down your heads and speak to God. Thank him for setting you up on the path of growth. Thank him that in this month, speak prophetically into your destiny. I'm growing in grace. I'm growing in grace. I'm growing in grace. Open your mouth and speak to God. Thank him for the opportunity presented you to grow in grace, to grow in favor, to grow in anointing, to grow in power. In the name of Jesus. Now, this morning, I want to specially pray with someone who we have not started, we have not fully uh, uh, explored these people, but maybe from uh, bits and pieces of what I shared, you are seeing yourself in the natural man. You see that you are not born again. The natural man is not born again. The natural man is not saved. He has not got a relationship with God. And you want to say, Pastor, I want to leave that zone. I want to change my group. And I want to be born again. I'm happy to hear that. I want to pray with you. Why don't you just pray this prayer of faith with me? Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for today. I admit I'm a sinner. I call upon you. Come into my life. Forgive me my sin and be my savior. Thank you for saving me and making me your own. By faith, I believe I'm a child of God. Thank you for saving me and washing me away my sins in Jesus. If you pray that prayer of faith, we want to hear your testimony and help you in your work with God. Our uh, email is on the screen and then our phone number there. Get in touch with us. Let's help you as you advance with God in your spiritual journey. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord preserve you. May the Lord uh, increase your hunger to know him and to grow. In the name of Jesus, till I see you, may you swim in blessings. May you swim in favor. In the name of the Lord Jesus, so it shall be in your life. Remain blessed. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. To get a copy of this message and other messages as well as books by Pastor Afuakwa, please call... 0540-122-670 or email us at faithhousechapel at yahoo.com Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can also visit our website at www.faithhousechapel.com for any further information. Log on and be part of our power-packed online services live every Sunday for our celebration service at 9am and every Wednesday for our discovery service at 7pm on Facebook and YouTube using the handle Faith House Charismatic Chapel International. God richly bless you. Hey!